And so I, I really do see the relationship between, you know, exercise and prolonging my life as a parent. Gene is a public school superintendent. He's also getting his doctorate and he's a devoted dad. Well, I, I think my, my daughter definitely, you know, she enjoys soccer and gymnastics. And so I think definitely she inherited the interest in doing things physically. He's also a devoted son. But I can count on every morning, my dad will text me to say good morning, which is one of those things I think that it, it can be easy at times to take it for granted. A lot of love in Gene's family across the generations. He's inherited that deep commitment to family and also an understanding of his elevated risk for diabetes, which does have a strong genetic component. So my grandfather, you know, developed type 2 diabetes. Um, my father was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in the last five years. My dad is now 70. And four or five years ago, my doctor started talking to me about like, you know, my A1C level being going into like the range where you have to be concerned about, you know, about diabetes. Gene's Odyssey this episode, like millions in North America, Gene has pre-diabetes. That means he has elevated blood sugar or A1C levels. It's the precursor to diabetes. It's a major warning sign. So Gene's working to manage a disease he doesn't yet have. You're listening to My Body Odyssey, a show about the rewards and challenges of leading an active lifestyle. I'm Robert Pease. I'm Valerie Wences, and not unlike most of us, Gene has to be careful about what he eats and drinks while also finding time to exercise, be there for his family, and get good grades in his graduate program. Well, you know what? I'm maybe going to take some time away from doing work to do this bike ride, but ultimately it's going to make me a better employee, it's going to make me a better student, it's going to make me a better husband, it's going to make me a better parent. We first met Gene in the summer of 2022 at the New England Tour de Cure bike ride put on by the American Diabetes Association. It was a really warm day, 90 degrees plus at noon, with some shade along the ride and great camaraderie at the event. After completing 30 miles with friends and raising some money for diabetes research, Gene was generous enough to sit down with us and share his family's odyssey. Okay, and so Gene, this is your first time riding in the Tour de Cure, but you're no stranger to cycles, it sounds like. Yeah, so I do, uh, I ride the Pan Mass Challenge every year. I actually just completed my fourth Pan Mass Challenge. Obviously, you know, we all know so many people who've been impacted by cancer and also by diabetes, and that's something that's really impacted, you know, my family uh, very much. And so it's a great cause and a good opportunity to build community and, uh, and do something that I enjoy. Yeah, no, that's great. And you had mentioned, but just so our audience would know, you have like there's some lineage of yeah. diabetes, right? Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about? Yeah, so, you know, my grandfather uh, had diabetes that really impacted um, his health and his quality of life. And, you know, my father now has diabetes and I'm in that kind of, you know, pre-diabetic um, uh, category, which is why I'm out here. One of the reasons I'm out here, you know, pedaling, uh, you know, some days, you know, it feels like you pedal to save your life. And, you know, in, in a lot of ways, these sort of events, you know, you, you really are, so. There's so much at stake in Gene's Odyssey, but it's not immediately or obviously at stake. In his pre-diabetes condition, Gene has no symptoms, and that poses a special challenge. So he reached out to Dr. Michael Riddell of York University in Toronto on that point. 
He was so insightful on a previous episode that featured Iron Woman Diane, a triathlete with type 1 or juvenile diabetes. And Dr. Adell himself has type 1 diabetes. He's also a leading authority and researcher on diabetes and exercise. Prediabetes doesn't have a lot of signs or symptoms. There are some clues based on family history of diabetes and a little excess weight gain and inactivity. But other than that, it's a pretty silent condition that doesn't give any overt signs or symptoms, like no link with really fatigue or frequent urination or no link with really anything. So there's a lot of people, maybe 30 to 50% of the population walking around with prediabetes in the age group, like after age 40, basically. A silent condition which can suddenly develop into a much more serious one. We call Dr. Sherry Kohlberg, another widely published and consulted expert on diabetes and exercise. Dr. Kohlberg, like Dr. Riddell, has type 1 diabetes. We asked her specifically about Gene's situation. Given that you said that his A1Cs have already been elevated, yes, he's certainly at higher risk. But there is a lot that he can do, and... You always got to keep sight of that. It's not inevitable, especially if there's a family history. A few months after that tour to Cure, we also reached out to Gene to discuss how he's doing with his motivation, with his diet and exercise, and with those stealthy blood sugar levels. Um, You had this really great comment when we were at the event. You said some days you feel like you're pedaling to save your life. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, you said at these events, you know, you are. Can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, your, your body's the only one you're going to get. I mean, one of the things I've learned in the last couple of years is that cellulose and fat tissue is biologically active, right? And so the more of it you have, the more of it that, you know, will, can impact your body chemistry and, um, and your organs, right? You know, the idea of it being a comorbidity means that it makes other things more likely to be acute Gene was a biology teacher before becoming a school superintendent, so he has that deep science background. He understands the risks associated with elevated blood sugar involve not just diabetes, but also some forms of cancer. Again, Dr. Riddell. Not all cancers are linked to blood sugar control, but many of them are, and many of them are also linked to central obesity. Unfortunately, cancer cells love high blood sugar levels. They, they feed off of it. So it's, again, it's a disease cluster that we know can be profoundly influenced by our behaviors, profoundly. Now, you can't eliminate all cancer risks in your life, but you can reduce your risk, your relative risk, if you are more physically active and you have a lean, a lean body mass. Absolutely. Again, so many people, tens or even hundreds of millions across the world, have elevated blood sugar levels and could stand to benefit from being more active. But they may not know that their blood sugar is elevated. In other words, they can have a high risk for diabetes, an elevated risk for cancer, but they don't even know it. It's so frustrating that people don't know that they have prediabetes. There really are not overt symptoms. And you have to have either a heightened awareness yourself about the condition, and people don't, many people have never even heard the term before prediabetes. They don't know what it really means.
We all know we should be more active and eat healthier. But the reality is only a small percentage of people with prediabetes are able to put that advice into practice. Motivation is is very difficult. (laughs) It's something that all of us struggle with. Again, Dr. Sherry Kohlberg. Everyone seems to know that being physically active is good for you. I mean, I don't run across many people that say, oh, no, exercise is really bad for me. I would never want to do that. So then it's why is it then because of behavior change and how do we change behavior easily? It's not easy to change. It takes a concerted effort. But Gene had an advantage there. He'd been a three-season athlete in high school and a Division I track athlete in college. He knows how to work hard at a sport and make progress. Then again, he's also not a kid anymore. His body has changed. The sports he did as a younger athlete, like sprinting and football, they don't work so well for a middle-aged guy in his 40s. We're all losing some muscle mass with aging, particularly those faster muscle fibers, which G may have a lot of. If we're not recruiting them, they, you definitely lose them over time if you don't recruit them or use them. And you know, how many people do you know when they get to the age of 80 or sprinting a lot? They're not. So they're not recruiting those faster fibers unless they intentionally do it with something like resistance training. So there are lots of different ways to do that. So the question became, what sport helps Gene move forward on the challenge of moving away from diabetes and cancer risk? As I was thinking about eventually wanting to remain an athlete, wanting to remain very physically active and do things that were fun and exciting, but also realizing that a lot of my friends were tearing their ACLs and their Achilles and getting all those old man basketball injuries. And I didn't think that that would add to my life. So I made the transition into cycling. Cycling would seem to have elements of resistance training, especially up those hills, while also burning a bunch of calories. Not to mention, it's easier on the joints. We asked Dr. Riddell if all forms of exercise are created equal, that is, in terms of blood sugar management and weight reduction. Yeah, that's a great question. We, we've been looking to see if there are certain types of exercise that might be more favorable for reversing this condition. And it looks like, thankfully, most forms of exercise are helpful, including weight training or resistance training and aerobic training where you're doing just brisk walking or cycling like Gene is doing. Gene had always had a bike growing up. Well, almost always. Since childhood, I've always loved riding bikes. Um, I remember my first uh, couple bikes as a child were kind of like your ticket to like freedom and speed and experience and also like social connection with other kids in the neighborhood. I had a uh, silver like Suzuki Katana bike that my dad used to always say, don't leave it in the front yard. Make sure you put it away or one day you'll come out and and it wouldn't be there. Of course, he was right. One day I came out and someone took it. But he held on to those fond memories of bike rides as a kid. There's a long road named James Street in our town that would go, you know, one of those roads that goes into all the towns in your area. And we would go on long bike rides. And I so I remember that being a big part of my childhood, going on family bike rides with my dad. But about five years ago, right when his dad was diagnosed with diabetes, Gene had a cycling epiphany. And um, I was just sitting on my uh, couch one day, on a day in August, I turned on the TV and like the coverage for the Pan Mass Challenge was on, like the news coverage. And I saw, you know, thousands of people slogging it out through the rain. And I said, you know what, that's for me. Similar to the Tour de Cure ride for diabetes, the Pan Mass Challenge is a two-day, 200-mile bike ride to raise money for cancer. 
and training for both of these rides helped shift Gene's cycling into high gear. He's now completed four Pan Mass challenges and a tour de cure. Throughout his athletic career, which was football and basketball growing up, then track in college, it was Gene's dad who has always been his greatest cheerleader. You know, my dad is, um, you know, has been just an incredible support for me for my entire life in all of the ways that you could support someone. I think particularly in my athletic endeavors, I mean, I never wanted or needed for an opportunity to join a league or to have a class or to have a lesson or to have any equipment, you know, that I needed. I always had basketball shoes and receiver gloves for football. And now that Gene's cycling, his dad is again providing that crucial support. And so when I bought my bike, my dad bought me carbon wheels, which are, you know, they're lighter. And when you're trying to pull 300 pounds up a hill, every bit of weight you can take off the bike matters. And so I've had the whole time I've been riding, I've had these like super durable, super light racing wheels, you know, that my dad got for me. As a dad himself, Gene's purchased bikes for his own daughter. He's trying to pass along the tradition of the family bike ride. I've right now I have kind of I outsmarted myself with her becoming a cyclist a bit because she's very tall for her age and she outgrew her first bike. And so we got her a second bike and I was like, you know what? Rather than getting her the second bike that she'll outgrow, like let's get her like because she's tall enough for like the third bike, the one that will have the handbrakes. And that's pretty much parenting right there. Doesn't exactly go as planned. She had a little bit of a crash. And so she did not ride the bike at all this summer, not even once. She did no bike riding, which to me was a major setback. So one family cycling project on hold, but not Gene cycling. That's now gone year round. Two years ago, he purchased a Peloton for the colder months, the rainy days. Busier times, he can't get outside for a ride. So before I had the Peloton, you know, you train really hard for cycling you know, spring, summer, fall, and then the winter time, you, you know, you kind of, you know, become less active. You know, having the Peloton has really allowed me to re- remain active and to work out before I go to work, you know, or sometimes if I'm watching football, you know, I watch football while doing a ride. Over the years of cycling more regularly and watching his diet, this effort has begun to add up to an important reduction. One of the reasons that I'm so passionate about cycling is it is a hobby, it is a pursuit, but the training for, you know, the Pan Mass Challenge and the and the Tour de Cure and, and other cycling events has actually, you know, enabled me to, you know, to make some, some progress. And so my last couple of uh, annual physicals, my A1C has been trending in the, in the correct direction, um, which is, which is down. We asked Dr. Adell, how unusual is it to make this kind of progress? And does this mean Gene has cured his pre-diabetic condition? No, well, you can definitely improve your body composition and your blood sugar levels and insulin sensitivity. And and in the back of my mind, I don't like to use the word cure because the person's probably always at heightened risk. I think that they need to keep working at it because as we age, the incidence of developing prediabetes tends to go up anyway. And so I think you're in remission from prediabetes, but I don't, I tend not to use the, the term cured, but I, I'm not offended if people say they're cured because I think that's good news. We'll hear more about Gene's odyssey in an upcoming episode as he seeks to deepen his progress through diet and exercise. It's a constant challenge, but he knows well the true rewards. 
and Gene would like to see those rewards shared as broadly as possible. At the Turdicure event, he spoke to us about the many students and families from school districts he administers that are not able to participate in these and other charity rides with relatively high fundraising minimums, that these communities have really high rates of diabetes and prediabetes. Uh, whenever I'm at an event, I always try to think about who's who's not here and who's not represented. And so, one thing now that this is my first year doing it, one one thing I'll do, you know, next year is try to make to share this opportunity with, um, you know, so so many of the people I know who are cyclists in the city of Boston who may, you know, in communities of color, Roxbury, Dorchester, Mattapan, who, who yeah. may not have had you know, either the awareness or the, or the resources to get out here. I think that there are a lot of people that are just kind of untapped. We'll check back in with Gene periodically on his own odyssey, his training for next year's Panmas Challenge and Tour de Cure rides, as well as his efforts to involve other participants of color in active lifestyle events to raise money while instilling really beneficial habits. My Peloton is calling to me, Valerie. Many thanks to Gene for sharing this inspiring odyssey with us. And thanks too to Drs. Kohlberg and Riddell for their expert insights. There's links, bio pages, and research in our show notes. Next up on My Body Odyssey, a truly remarkable story about an adaptive para rower we met at the head of the Charles Regatta. The riggers weren't, weren't attached right. They fell off. The boat got unbalanced. And the next thing I know, I'm under the water. Oh, my God. I know what you're thinking. A guy survives a head-on crash with an SUV only to drown while giving rowing a shot. Ron is an incredible example of courage and perseverance in the relatively new, still-developing adaptive sport, para-rowing. We hope you'll join us for that episode. Share My Body Odyssey with friends and family and review us on Apple subscriptions. My Body Odyssey is a Fluent Knowledge production. Original music by Ryan Adair Rooney.